Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 6. This is Lesson 10. We're going to continue where we left off. We were in Luke chapter 10, and we were just about to launch into the story of the Good Samaritan. And so I'm going to begin reading in verse 25, where it said again, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Leon Morris points out that this lawyer asked this question, not in search for information, but to see what kind of answer Jesus would produce. He may have been even hoping that Jesus would do badly and that he would have the opportunity to show him up. So that's the supposition, but there it is, okay? Because it did say he asked him this question, testing him, okay? So it wasn't noble uh, motivations there. That's why Jesus answered him with a question of his own, with verse 26 going on to say, he said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Remember, this is a certain lawyer. So he should know the answer to this question. He turns and says, what do you think? And so uh, I've said here, in other words, Jesus essentially says, you being a lawyer, why don't you tell me what is written in the law and what you understand it to mean first? And so verse 27, this is, I want to show something really interesting in this when we get to it, okay? Verse 27 goes on to say, So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Alright? I've said here, these are quotes from Deuteronomy 6.5, and of course Leviticus 19.18, we saw that already. And in essence, what it says, is that with respect to your neighbor, you must love them with a love that is neither less in extent than, nor inferior in quality to, the love for self. Okay, in other words, the way you love yourself is the way you're meant to love your neighbor. All right, I, and, and I think that's self-explanatory. I think we always look to look after ourselves before everybody else. All right? um, and you know, if you're a parent, I can understand the motivation behind that. Um, because you are responsible for your kids and so on and so forth. But this is, this is sort of coming from a little bit of a different standpoint. Okay? Coming from the standpoint of you know, when it really comes down to it. How do you love others? The way you love yourself? Or not so much. <laughs> you know? okay. But there's something else going on here, and I want to bring that out. And in replying this way, note once again that just like the scribe in Mark chapter 12, this lawyer of religion was equally aware of the fact that God's law actually did say that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. All right? And so verse 28 goes on to say, I just want to make that point. Verse 28 goes on to say, And he, Jesus, said to him, that's the lawyer, You have answered rightly, do this and you will live. So he said, yep, that's the answer. <laughs> You're trying to test me. You already know, so there's that. I'm not going to. In other words, Jesus was saying, I'm not arguing with you about any of that. Interesting, isn't it? Could have left it there, but no. Okay, all right. And I said, that should have been the end of the conversation. However, this man's pride intervenes. And so it says in Luke chapter 10 and verse 29, but he wanting to what? Justify himself. A lot of times we want to justify ourselves in the things that we do. You know, I find that I get myself in most trouble when I try to justify myself. Can I just say that right now? All right. I have learned to take a different approach to things now. I have learned to not care about things so much that I demand my, it be done my way. That's very hard when you're sort of, you know, meant to be running an organization, so to speak, and you want things done a certain way. Okay, and other people have different opinions. I, I want to share something with you guys. You know, I guess the Lord's leading me this way, so I will. Um, you know the greatest way to get people on your side? Don't fight with them. 
I'm just saying, just don't fight. Just don't even go there. The, the quickest way to get people offside, fight for what you want. Let me say those two things. Then we move on, okay? Well, one of the things that I've found, and, and just recently, because I've just been praying about a lot of things, and I realized I, I've been saying this from the beginning of this year. I don't know, some of you remember, some of you don't. But I've just been saying this ministry is going to go through a transformation that some amazing things are going to happen this year. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it's going to happen. And dear God, the virus hit, okay? And all sorts of things started happening. And our website got up, upgraded, and the, the stuff that's on there is just... We've never had the sort of content we've had on there, and we've had more hits on our website than we've ever had in the past. I mean, ever. Um, and, and so many new people, new people are coming on there. Um, so things are happening, you know. Pastor Verity jokingly said, I guess we're really global now. She, <laughs> you know, felt like Abraham so much of the time, you know. Oh, what's, what's your master's name? You know, because he had a lot of servants, remember that? And he goes, oh, Abraham. Oh, a father of many nations. How many kids does he have? Uh, well, uh, 20? Oh, man. 10? Five? None. None? None? What do you mean? Why call him Abraham? And you know, it, was, it has been like that for us for the longest time. You know, I didn't want to call it Full Life Global, honestly. I would have just called it church. That's it. I, and I wouldn't even call it Full Life. I would have just said church. You know, want to come to church? Just come to church. We're here. All right. <laughs> you know, God gave us that name. I told you what it was based on. And he told me to put that on it. And I said, I really don't want to do that. You know, it's really been like an Abraham kind of a journey for us and for me regarding the name. It's been really embarrassing, to tell you the truth, to you know, make mention of that name. And so I usually say, where do you come from? I just say, feel life. I don't put the global at, at all. But it's interesting, in the last couple of weeks, this thing has gone everywhere. People are logging in and people are having church at home because we're one of the few ministries that is actually doing church the way we're doing it. We're actually pre-recording it and putting it on there for you to go and see it whenever you want. So you can have church whenever, whereas other people are doing it live streaming, which we went against because I know that you know, sometimes things can, things can drop out and you, know, you, you miss something, you've missed it. And you know, I just thought, you know what? I want to give people the opportunity. You know, I, 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 I'm getting texts like at 5 in the morning. Really loved your message because that's when they're up. I wasn't. But, <laughs> they were, but that's okay. And then somebody else, you know, at 10 at night, loved your message. It's like, okay, that's when they're up, you know. Uh, and, and I just thought, what a freeing thing this is. You know, we're just allowing people to just have church whenever they want. You know, and, and, and you can go and have whatever church, you know, all the services, are, I'm just keeping them all. So you can just go and do whatever you want, whenever you want. You know, I like that whole service and the songs in it, go do that again. Whatever, you know, we're just making it available. And I said, I just really want to do that. I just want to give and bless, because we only have one chance to do it, so I'm just doing it. Okay, um, but, but this was, you know, it was one of those things that was a very hard thing to do. Okay, and, but now this is going on. This is happening. And I, I just think it's really interesting that God opens doors in the ways that He wants. I know this has come from the devil. I know that the enemy is doing this. He's killing people. But you know what? God is getting the final say in this because we're allowing Him to do it. So, let's get back to this. Wanting to justify himself, he said, who is my neighbor? And again, this, is, this was a very difficult question to answer, especially with all the prevailing prejudices of the time. And so Jesus decides to relate the extraordinary tale of the Good Samaritan, beginning in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. With Jesus saying that, he says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Notice the word certain man. He is talking about a very specific incident that took place. 
Okay? All right. Leon Morris writes, The traveler in the story is clearly a Jew. But no stress is put on this. He is called simply a man. It is the need of the neighbor and not his nationality that is important. So that is the first key thing in all of this. Okay? That I want you to understand something here. That Jesus didn't identify this man on purpose. When I first read this, I thought, dear God, you could have identified him. It would have been really, you know, significant. And then I realized it isn't about the man. Listen to me. What was the question? Who is my neighbor? Right? He's asking the question of who am I permitted to help, so to speak. What Jesus is going to do in all of his responses is turn around to this man and say... How are you at being a neighbor? This is the twist in this whole thing. And I really want you to catch it. Because this guy is asking about, well, where do I draw lines? And Jesus is asking him, why draw lines? Are you all with me? You're looking for who you you don't need to be neighbor to. I'm letting you know you need to be neighbor to anyone and everyone. That's what this, this is where this is going to go. I told you there's a revelation in this and that's what I want to bring out. Okay? So I want you to, Look at that. Look at it from that point from now on. This guy is looking to see, you know, who, can, who should I, shouldn't I. Jesus is going to give him an answer that is going to tear down all of, his, all of the walls that he put up. Okay, let's move on. As to the stretch of road he was traveling on, John MacArthur says that it was a rocky, winding, treacherous descent of about 3,300 feet in 17 miles. So it was a really bad stretch, notorious for being beset with thieves and danger. And so William Hendrickson goes on to add that this man traveling all by himself was attacked by highwaymen. Escape was impossible, for according to the Greek original, the robbers surrounded him. So we get a real clear picture of what's actually going on here. Verse 30. Uh, and see, all of this is by the way. Okay? Uh, the reason I'm telling you is. Jesus is saying, okay, you don't know this person. This is a man. This is what happened to him. What's your response? Let me ask you a question. Had he been sort of beaten up less, would you have a different response? Do you understand what, my point? It isn't about, see, every time I've read this, my focus has gone to the poor guy that got beaten up. But that wasn't the point. Jesus is going to answer this, this man and say, regardless if you see a need, meet it. Don't ask, should I? You meet it. Now, I've said this to you before, be led by the Spirit. Please, in all things. Okay? But I've also noticed something, that if you are meant to be somewhere, you'll be there. Don't take you being somewhere as a coincidence. I would say more times than not, it's a yes. Because God probably would have led you there because somebody was going to get in trouble. And He knew you would respond in the right way. Amen? And it saddens God, I think, when we walk away from things like that. Just letting you know. Anyway, let's, not that anybody has done it here, but I'm just saying. yeah, Let's not, let's not be in that category. Alright, so, verse 30. Who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. I mean, this guy was in real trouble. So here lies this Jew, beaten, robbed, humiliated, having been stripped of his clothing, with Jesus going to say, verse 31, Now by chance, a certain priest, certain priest, which means this guy was real, came down that road. And when he saw, he passed by on the other side. 
Now, several things must be noted here. First, the term, a certain priest tells us this man was not an imaginary character, but a real person. And it was important that this was a real person. It was important that Jesus is telling us a story of something that really happened. See, there is a difference between somebody saying once upon a time, and saying, can you believe I was going down this road and I saw this? Do you see the difference? You look at one and you go, okay, once upon a time. The other one you go, are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, would be my response, alright? So it says, now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So, in, in his commentary, William Hendrickson writes, how unfeeling, and that for a priest, a holy man, alright, I've said in the previous thing, that, that this guy was a Jew, and he would have been duty-bound duty to help this man, a priest, Helping their own. Remember that? Okay? So anyway, that's why you know, William Hendrickson says, how unfeeling that for a priest, a holy man, in fact one who only a little while ago had probably been engaged in the sacred temple activities and was now very likely on his way home, traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, where many of the priests and Levite lived. So this was, Jesus is telling this story on purpose. So everybody can recognize this as a true story. Okay? All right. Henriksen concludes, for the priest's sinful neglect, there was no justification whatsoever. See, you know, it's one thing if the priest, you know, went to him and said, you know what, I really don't have anything to help you, but at least I'll sit with you or whatever, you know, do something to get you somewhere. Then maybe somebody else can help you. Just anything, you know. But I want you to notice that this is showing us what religion is like. Listen. Religion will teach you, you've got to wear this, you know, this garb. You have to swing this, you know, smelling things. You have to cut the sacrifice in this way, and all of that stuff. It does, it'll teach you all that stuff, which is just useless at the end of the day. Are you all with me? But dear God, let's not help anybody, because we, want to, we don't want to, you know, uh, uh, touch an unclean thing. See how this works? See how religion gets twisted? Amen? And that's why some of the worst people you'll ever meet are religious people, by the way. You know, some sinners are so much better. <laughs> okay? Not everybody. I'm just saying, some of them, okay? Yeah, some religious people, you just... Anyway. Uh, gotta love him. Gotta love him. Alright. So back to this. Alright. Leon Morris adds, Not only did he not help, he went to the other side of the road. He deliberately avoided any possibility of contact and left the man where he was in his suffering and his need. Did you get both of those things? All right, remember, who is my neighbor? Okay, all right. And as bad as that was, Jesus goes in to say in verse 32, because he has now shocked his audience. They're just in shock right now. They're just thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, 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 you know, this is my sanctified imagination, okay? Probably, going, probably like our priest. You know that guy? He never talks to anybody. <laughs> you know? There are some people, the congregation knows. You know, they go up there, they do their religious thing, sing their little chorus or whatever, sing their hymn, number 655. I don't know why they changed the words. I still like it the old way. Conversations I've heard. I won't say who. <laughs> okay, nobody you know. Nobody you know. You know. I, I, I should be dumbfounded sitting listening to stuff like that. I'm like, who cares? What were the words anyway? No, you know? But it's like, that's what upset them that day at church. Didn't learn anything. Just got upset that they picked this hymn and they changed the words of their favorite hymn. 
And it's a new person, you know, it's a new priest. He's starting to do things, you know. Really, that's what you go to church for? Do you understand what sort of person we're talking about now? Okay, moving on. So likewise, a Levite from the same pre- <laughs> from the same church, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on this. This one actually came and looked. The other one even didn't look. Okay, this one came and had a look and went, <laughs> forget this. Okay, all right. So William Henderson puts it over and he says, the priest helper is not any better than the priest. He too, as soon as he sees the grievously wounded man, makes sure that he remains as far as possible away from him, passing by on the opposite side of the road. Is the waylaid, robbed and tortured Jew going to be left uh, to die then? So it looks. For if all this were not trouble enough, there comes dun, 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 a Samaritan. I put the dot, the dot, and there's three dots. Okay, alright. I love the way Jesus tells stories. He really, you know, he really gets at you. He strikes your imagination. He strikes at the very heart of everything you think you believe. Think you know. Hmm? You know, I was... I have to be very careful now how I make the next few comments. Alright. Let me see. If if I can't get get this out properly, I'm going to stop, okay? Um, (laughs) Uh, we, we were just watching a news report just recently, t- in, today, today in fact, where you know this particular um, government uh, and the handling of this virus was being criticized, and the person that was living in that country had actually written uh, or being a, a sort of a chief advisor to a movie that they'd made, uh, you know, that had this kind of scenario in it. And sort of said that, you know, they, they had portrayed the government as, you know, the, the people that would do everything that they can to help the people and everything else. And, you know, they said it was really sad that, in, you know, in this thing that the government wasn't the hero, sad to say, okay? And this is just what they were saying. And it was, this person was laughing and sort of saying, we'd never imagined this. You know, we could have never imagined that that would be the case. We always saw, you know, that the authorities would be sort of doing the most noblest things and, you know, all that. That's what that movie was portraying. Do you understand? That's what usually goes on in people's minds. Do you understand? This is what Jesus is doing right now. He's just pulling it all apart. He's just saying, this is what you think is going to happen. This is what actually happened. And it just shocked them to the core. And so let's move on. (laughs) Okay? I I want, the reason I'm bringing this out is be careful the decisions that we make based on things that we think we know. That's why I always say, go back to God. Check with God about what you're meant to do. Because sometimes you expect something of someone and they won't give it to you. They will let you down to such a degree. And, you know, please, you know, I love people. I love you guys, okay? But I'll never put myself in a place where if you did something just horrendous, that I'll turn and walk away from you. Do you know why? Because I don't expect you to be perfect because I don't expect me to be perfect. I will love you, and I'll look after you, and I'll do the best that I can, but with no strings attached. Are you all with me? I just, you know, you love me back? Awesome. If you don't, awesome. <laughs> it's not awesome, but you know, whatever. Okay? You know why? Because I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Are you all with me? Amen? Okay, I want to make that point and move on. All right. So, verse 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. That's where the Jew was, okay? And I've said here, in Jesus' day, this was the worst thing that could have happened. It was well-known fact that the Jews and the Samaritans were actual enemies. They hated each other. In fact, just in the previous chapter, 
we have the following incident recorded. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56. This is kind of where we went and finished off last time, by the way. So now we're all caught up, and then we'll move forward from here over the next couple of weeks. It says, Now it came to pass, uh, the time had come for him to be received up. This is shortly before he went to the cross. I think that's what the received up part was. Okay? That he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, verse 52, and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did, these Samaritans, did not receive him, because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, okay, these are the sons of thunder, by the way, okay, saw saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Because, you know, they're not looking after us. I mean, they should be privileged to have a ministerial speaker like you, so famous, to come through this town. And bless God, they're just not doing anything. They're not doing right by you. Let's kill them. Can we just call five right now? This is an Elijah thing, okay? Remember the 50 soldiers that come to get Elijah? And they say, we, 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 we demand that you come with us. Next thing, they're all dead. So the king waits for a while and goes, nobody came back. Send another 50. Go see what happened to that 50. Same thing. I'm sure they came up and said, I wonder what these big black patches here. But anyway, you know, the last lot was smart, came and said, hmm, two big, two big patches. Uh, would you please come with us? You know, okay? That's where this is coming from. Hey, spirit of Elijah, man, let's just strike him down, kill him all. We know you can do it, God. Let's just do it. Show them who's, you know, who's, who's, who's God. All right, so, uh, as, as, just as Elijah, Elijah did. But he turned and rebuked them. And said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are. See, isn't it interesting? He didn't say, boys, thank you. You know, it's just good to know that somebody cares enough to call down fire from heaven. Just knowing that, I won't take you know, offense with what they've done. Because somebody has understood me. Therefore, I can be generous toward them. Oh, come on. Tell me nobody thought that. Okay. <laughs> That's how we are. You know, I used to be, I'll put my hand up, I used to be that way. You know, somebody would say, well, how blessed God, pastor, they shouldn't have talked to you like that. I'm like, okay, God, thank you, God. Now that they've been that way, I can, okay, let go now, because somebody saw the injustice. Somebody saw that I got, you know, was dragged to the coals. Somebody noticed, so I can let go of it. You know what, we need to let go regardless. And we shouldn't have had that to begin with. Amen. I, you know, I've grown a lot since I first started ministry, <laughs> okay? There were times when people used to do bad things. I'm sorry to say, this was my attitude. I, like, get him, God! Just cursed a bunch of them! I wouldn't be surprised if they had an accident on the way home, you know? Seriously, I'm telling you, not as a, you know, not as a thing of pride, it's a, it's a shame, okay? Shame on me, shame on me, okay? But, that, you know, we, we grow out of that. And we realize, dear God, we're not put on this planet for everybody to love us. We are put on this planet, listen, to love everyone. That's what Jesus is trying to get across to this guy now. Don't look to see what people can do for you. You see what you can do for them. You've got a short time while they're down here to do your very best. Do your very best. Be spirit-led. Do what God asks you to do. Because once that time is over, it's over. And whatever rewards you get in that time is going to last you throughout eternity. Interesting, isn't it? Hmm. Okay. Okay. Three more minutes. All right. So <clears throat> he says, For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. I love the next 
statement, and they went to another village. <laughs> that was the end of that. that was, that's just, that's it. They went to another village. End of story. They didn't sit there and complain about this village. They didn't have an overnight prayer meeting. They didn't do all those things. Cried to God. How could you let this in? They just went to another village. I keep telling people, if they don't like you, go somewhere else. Yeah, but pastor, just go somewhere else. You don't know how they... Just go somewhere else. Do you get it? Don't hang around people that want to hurt you. Go somewhere else. Somebody out there loves you. Find them. Stop standing and complaining about the people that don't. You're going to get nothing from them, dude. Okay? It's just, you know, just saying. Anyway, <laughs> the reason for all this hostility was because of, in the time of Second Kings, some of the Samaritans who were Jews from the northern kingdom intermarried with Gentiles, naughty, and did the unthinkable. They polluted the Jewish bloodline. Now, I don't know if you guys know where all this, what was behind this. You know, there's always a truth behind everything. Do you all want to know what the truth behind this one is very quickly? Because, you know, I've run out of time. And that's where we left off last time. I'm so sorry. All we did was catch up to what we did a month ago. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you learned something. We got two more lines in. Praise the Lord. Okay. (laughs) But, (laughs) listen. (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not. But, you remember the time of Noah? You know, talk about eight righteous people. Do you know that was... That, do you understand in that time that it says that this, the, the sons of God, these were fallen angels, okay, took, oh, you know, took to them wives and they polluted the whole race. The righteousness wasn't that they were righteous, they were just pure. They were unpolluted blood in that, in that line as far as I understand. And that's why the whole planet needed to be wiped out basically and what actually happened because of that. Now, that mentality carried on. And then you can get kind of freaky with that mentality. Where you can say, well, nobody's, you know, I know of a, you know, one of my friends was Italian in school. And he just wouldn't think about marrying anybody but an Italian. Because they didn't want to pollute the line. I just was incensed by it. Because, <laughs> you know, okay. I was like, you've got to be kidding. What is wrong with you, dude? And he wasn't the most handsome person in the world. I said, just be happy if somebody loves you, you know? Seriously, okay? You know? Anyway, without getting myself in too much trouble, you know, it was just, that, that mentality came from there. There was a reason for it at one point in time, but no longer. Are you all with me? And, and yeah, anyway. So, as a result, later, I'll just go a little bit more and we'll stop. As a result, later, when Ezra and Nehemiah were rebuilding the walls and uh, temple of Jerusalem, they actually refused the help of the Samaritans, which of course led to even more friction between the two. Now, was that right? I don't think so, but you know, that's what happened. Do you understand the Bible doesn't write things down that were right? It just tells you what happened. Are you all with me? So when you read that, and you, this is why a lot of people go wrong. They'll read that and say, see, they're meant to do that, then, so we're meant to do that now. No, no, no. All they're saying is, they did this, this is what happened. It caused strife. You don't turn people away, man. You know, that's, this is not the right thing. That's why when Jesus comes to the woman at the well, remember? She says, Who's, where, where is the right place to worship? Jesus, do you know when Jesus answered that question, He let us know that what happened here was wrong? Did you get that? 
Nehemiah said, no, we won't have any you know, polluted people helping us build this, build this because there's going to be Jews. And that mentality traveled all the way into the future and Jesus would come one day and say, it doesn't matter. Because you are meant to worship God in spirit and in truth, not in some building. So who cares who helped build the, da- the darn thing? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man. I, listen. It's the spirit behind it that I want you to see. That's what all of this is about. And I really want you to get this, because I, dear God, I don't want that spirit on the inside of any one of us. Amen? There is a certain godliness about a nobility and an acceptance. I'm not talking about accepting things that God says are bad. I'm not talking about that stuff. Okay? I'm talking about loving your neighbor. I'm talking about being there and being accepting of if they want to help you, let them help you. We're not talking about lifestyles, we're talking about somebody wants to do the right thing. And that's the only way you get to influence them as well, by the way. Amen? Oh, why people miss that one? So, so even though it's recorded that that's what they did, it wasn't recorded because it was right. It was just recorded because that's what they did. And they'll let you know what happened after that, which is not good as well. Anyway, and by the time Jesus walked the earth, their relationship was so bad. And see, it didn't bring. See, see how that caused the division. Trying to be all holy and righteous, and it caused divisions. All right. The, the, by the time Jesus walked the earth, their relationship was so bad that the believers. Study Bible says that Jews normally traveled the longer route, crossing over the east side of the Jordan to display their antagonism against the Samaritans. So it kept going. What these people started kept going. You know, as leaders, we need to be so careful what examples we set. You all here? That's why it was so incredible when James and John said, let's call fire down from heaven, and Jesus rebuked them and said, stop it, don't do stuff like that. We're not here to cause problems. Amen? I gotta stop because I've been so over time now. But <laughs> um, I really wanted to. Sh- I know it's funny. I really wanted to share this because um, as I was going over my notes, I really felt really strongly not to just continue on from there because there's so much that is going to go on from now. Um, and if we don't get this, this is a key thing right now where we are. Um, and I just sort of feel like there's so many lessons we learned in here. Um, and you know, I'm talking about praying for people. And I'm talking about holding people up in this time and believing God for miracles. Amen? Amen. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's close, finish off for tonight. And I promise you we'll get more than half a page next time. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Father, for your spirit that is here and all the revelation and the insight we have received. I thank you, Father, for the commitment of each and every person to be here today. And I thank you, Father, for your blood that covers each and every one of them.